how much do you really know about how the internet operates? Isn't it fascinating how we use this technology every day? But if you ask literally 90% of people, including myself, I couldn't really explain to you what happens when I send an email, what happens when I sign into Facebook, what happens when I click an app in my phone. I know I'm on Twitter, but what exactly is happening in the background for all of this to take place? As we enter the age of crypto technology and cryptocurrency and the blockchain, one of the interesting things that I find is how the more you learn about it, the more you realize how complex it is. It's like this never ending, just fountain of information that honestly, I've put probably over 30, 40 hours maybe this month trying to understand. And I feel like I'm still at the tip. However, the one thing that's becoming more and more clear is the use case for cryptocurrency is undeniable at this point. I remember in 2017 when cryptocurrency and Bitcoin was making this ginormous run up. And then, you know, obviously it started losing its value a little bit. You know, I think Bitcoin dropped over, ooh, I want to say like 60% of its value. At the time, I remember investing in Bitcoin. I was, at that period of time, I was unsure of exactly if this investment would pan out. You know, there was a bunch of different coins. I didn't know if Bitcoin was gonna be the coin. I didn't know if Ethereum was gonna be the coin. I didn't really know the utility or the possibility of utility for these assets that I had. However, now in 2021, it's undeniable. Bitcoin and Ethereum is here to stay. And for me, I didn't really understand the power of cryptocurrency until I really started looking at it, taking a deeper look into what's going on with NFTs. Now, when I first saw NFTs, I was just like any other person seeing it, you know, non-fungible tokens. I saw that, you know, people we're having these NFT art projects. And basically the non-fungible token was built in such a way that you could be completely sure that this art is that one of one um, art project that can be confirmed on the blockchain that, hey, if you have ownership of this NFT in the blockchain is confirmed that you own it. And for me, I'm like, okay, it's cool that I can own a GIF it's cool that I can own maybe a moment, a highlight, a picture, but I still don't see the value in why someone would want to buy an NFT picture, or NFT artwork that costs $100,000. Like, is the digital version of the Mona Lisa really that impressive or really that ownership worthy? And then Gary V released his NFT projects. And after digging through it, digging through what his plan to do with his NFT project, it completely changed my mind on what NFTs and cryptocurrencies 
actually are. And it all starts with Ethereum. Hi, this is Fly Studio. This is the Uneducated Investing Podcast, a podcast where we connect investing to pop culture. If you like the podcast and you want to support, you just got to do one simple thing. Go in your iTunes app or wherever you're listening to this and leave a five-star review. You just click the app, click the podcast, and scroll down until you see the review section. When you leave a review, it spreads it in the algorithm, making this podcast being able to reach to so many viewers and really helps us grow. So leave a review, leave a five-star rating, um, or if you hate us at one star, you know, I understand. And let's get better at investing together. Do you remember what the internet was like before Facebook? Like realistically, what internet websites would you be able to find if you didn't have Google? The internet at this point can be defined by the top websites that we really go to. That's really what defines the utility, the use case of the internet. Internet 1.0 was basically search engines helping people, average day people like you and me, find actual use for it. I mean, you can have all the food recipe sites in the world. If you don't know how to find them, how useful are those websites being accessible on the internet? Not very. Search engines and and, uh, internet 1.0 made the internet useful to the modern day person. Emails made it useful to the modern day person. Web 2.0 can really be defined as your smartphone. Think about all the apps that you use on your day-to-day basis. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify. The way digital communication has revamped, it's absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, just two decades ago, to make a call internationally was a fortune. I mean, telecom companies, literally their business model was just charging you long-distance fees. Now, the voice over internet protocol allows people to make WhatsApp calls across the world for literally free. Literally free. It's at the point now where you can do voice FaceTime calls with people across the world in a split second, like literally in a whole different time zone for literally free. And this has revolutionized the last decade experience of the internet as we became the most socially connected generation ever. Makes you think, if we're at web 2.0, what's gonna happen with web 3.0? What is that big next revolution that is gonna be worthy of the title of web 3.0? That, my friends, is Ethereum. Ethereum allows things such called smart contracts that at this point I'm still learning about, don't really know how to describe them, but to me what it seems like they are is the ability to have anything verified on the blockchain using like some like if then statement or something like that. So for instance, I could, you know, program some sort of smart contract that says, hey, this allows me to redeem three, 
I don't know, three donuts from Tim Hortons, right? And once that smart contract has been obligated and verified on the blockchain for those three donuts from Tim Hortons that I bought, even if I sell that, you know, that NFT that has a smart contract in it and the next person gets it, when they go to try to buy donuts at Tim Hortons, because it's verified on the on the blockchain that I've actually, you know, bought, already bought the donuts, they won't be able to buy it with that NFT that they bought. Really simplistic um, example, but all I was trying to demonstrate was the fact that any action that you want, that you want to sell, that you want to package, any sort of um, uh, conditional obligation that you want to package, you can build a smart contract, create that NFT, and then sell that to someone else. With Gary V's NFT project that he's releasing, he's releasing over 10,000 NFTs, and each of them have programmed basically smart contracts that basically have different obligations that he's fulfilling. Um, and each of them have like limited obligations, such as like you get to bowl with Gary Vee, you get to play basketball with them. Each ticket allows you to go to a concert that, or sorry, um, what do you call it? A show, a conference that he's putting on. He's putting on three conferences in the next three years. And each of these NFTs have their own unique obligation that Gary Vee is planning to fulfill when you buy that NFT. And when you buy it, it is easily, it be, has the ability to easily be resold on a secondary market on the internet that allows you to resell that NFT peer to peer. And instead of a Kijiji ad saying that, hey, this is what this NFT still has, the NFT obligations can be verified on the blockchain. So, you know, it's similar to like if you've ever bought a concert ticket before and, you know, maybe all the concert tickets sold out and you've seen your local Kijiji ads that, hey, this person owns the ticket. However, you don't know if that's the actual ticket that he owns or he just took a screenshot of the email um, and then is trying to sell you a fake ticket. Right. Who's been in that problem before where they want to buy something off of their local classified ads, but they don't want to buy a fake ticket because nothing's more embarrassing than going to the concert you're super excited for and being denied at the door. With NFTs, that obligation of the ticket allowing you into the concert is verifiable on the blockchain and it makes reselling in secondary markets so much easier to the point where average people can, I foresee average people can actually create these obligations, create these smart contracts um, in their NFTs and then resell them fairly easily, um, allowing these digital assets to really thrive in secondary markets. So when Gary says that, hey, you're able to buy this NFT and then get a backstage pass to any conference that he speaks at, you can resell that multiple times and within the actual NFT, the blockchain will keep track of that. Insane technology. And one of the things that 
was really impressive about Gary V's project was I understood exactly how crazy this is. And I realized that, wow, Gary V's project that he's building, this could actually make him a billionaire. Like there's actually a, a really high chance that he's could become a billionaire. So basically what he's doing is he's releasing 10,000 NFTs and he's using a Dutch auction to release them. So each NFT is gonna be worth three ethers in the beginning. And then if no one buys that three ETHs, it's gonna go down to 2.8, 2.7, 2.2. And it keeps going down, the lowest is 0.5, till someone decides that they want to buy it. So let's say everyone bought his um, NFTs at three ETHs. That would literally be the equivalent of a hundred million dollars being spent on all his NFTs. His company, VaynerMedia, is only doing only has like a market cap, or what is it, doing like three hundred million in revenue right now? Maybe two hundred million in revenue. Probably lower because obviously it's a pandemic, but only like two hundred million in revenue. He would have just created a company that's half as big as the current company he's running now. And what really got me excited about the NFT world that Gary V created was these pictures. He's basically selling NFT of pictures of like things that he values, like empathy, elephant and patient parrot and stuff like that. What got me super excited was he, his project got me to understand the true value of NFTs. He wasn't just creating artwork. He was creating intellectual property. You see, if you're someone who buys Patient Parrot, for the rest of life, if Patient Parrot turns into a cartoon, a children's book, a rap song, (laughs) whatever it turns into, if you're the owner of Patient Parrot, and somehow that project turns into something bigger than itself, as that intellectual property rises in value, the value of your NFT rises as well. And because of that, all of these NFTs have intrinsic value that the influencer himself, Gary V, can work on the rest of his life to increase and his project is built in such a way where anytime his nft is sold in the secondary market 10 percent of profits go back to gary v so he's financially incentivized to keep building up the ip and that way it will literally build up his own net worth i have The more and more I read into NFTs and cryptos, I got to say, Flight Crew, uh, this honestly is one of the best investing opportunities that I've seen risk reward wise. Um, And before I used to look at, you know, cryptos as, you know, some of this, um, you know, a part of your portfolio to diversify in. But at this point, I just like I gotta say, like when it comes to stocks, bonds, real estate, all the assets, 
I don't think there's I don't right now I think that the best opportunity right now in the market is understanding what's going on with cryptos. And I think there is going to be a ton, an absolute ungodly amount of money that's made from the crypto space. And as always, the best, most brightest investors are the uneducated ones. That's because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. What do you think about Gary V's NFT project, V Friends? That's the name of it. Have you heard of it? Have you looked into it? And do you think that it's going to be a big, 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 giant success or a complete bust? Let me know. It's at FlightStew on Twitter, and we, Flight Crew, have to take off. Yeah.